I know Rodney um, since youth camp, I think. It's been a while. And then I bump into him here and there. So the last time I saw him, um, I was serving at a Billy Graham tour. Yep. Yes, and Franklin Graham. And he was the MC. Um, you might need to turn on your pack at the back. Good to go. Cool. Oh, how are you going, Rodney? I'm good, thank you, Joyce. That's good. Um, for those who don't know you, yep. maybe you want to just uh, tell us oh, a bit you. about what you do um, outside of preaching. Well, I like to fish. Who yep. likes to fish? Oh, me too. Yeah, so I'm a, I like to fish. And you're going you're gonna to hear about fishing oh, I today. love fishing, yep. Um, but I also have a wife, uh, one wife. Uh, <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, 29 years we've been married this oh, March. congratulations. And um, we have two daughters, a 17-year-old turning 18, uh, with uh, seven hours to go before she gets her peas. <laughs> uh, our insurance premium has just gone up like 40% with the cars. And then I've got a younger daughter also. Uh, she's just turned 13 last week. And so that's who we are. I'm originally from Paraguay. My wife's from Argentina. My first daughter was born in the US, and my second daughter is the only fair dinkum Aussie born here in Australia. So that's who we are. Awesome. Well, um, I don't want to take up too much time no. so we can get in the word. So um, why don't we just pray yes. for um, Pastor Rodney, and then we'll um, let him take over and Thank start. You. Father, we just pray for Pastor Rodney that you would anoint his lips, that the words that come out of his mouth will be powerful, that it will pierce the hearts of men. Mm. I pray, Father, that... Um, yeah, our hearts would be open, softened, and ready to receive the word that is coming today. Yes. That we won't be people who just hear the word, but people who do the word and walk it out. So God, um, would you bless this time? Would you um, give power and authority mm. uh, to Pastor Rodney as he speaks this morning? And we thank you for, his, um, for him and, and coming out today. And we ask that you bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, again, my name is Rodney, and it's so good to be here. I came to church early, but I was parked on that side, and I went into that next door's, uh, I guess, office. Sorry. Did I do that? I, haven't, I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, but uh, it's good to be here again, um, as I really am. Um, yeah, if you just leave it there. Great. Uh, really good to be here again. I think I came here a few years back, and uh, I think I've also spoken at your camp. And uh, look, I'm just really excited to be here because I get to open the Word of God with you this morning. And so let's go right into it, all right? So Father, again, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for uh, the opportunity we have to gather in freedom, uh, Lord, to open your Word, to worship you. And Father, again, with all that's happening in our world today, whether it's in Lismore or um, north of here into Queensland, or in Europe, God. Father, thank you that you are in control. And Lord, that you are sovereign, and that nothing happens without you allowing it to happen. And so God, as we come before you this, eve this morning, as we enter into your presence, as we come to the throne of grace, speak to our hearts. May your word be uh, real and may it become new to us as we listen to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I told you I like fishing. And um, one of the things I do whenever I travel, whether it's uh, on holidays or sometimes as I have to work and travel around Australia, I actually go to beaches and look for fishermen or fishing people. 
And uh, I like these people because you can talk to them about their experiences and about their efforts in fishing. And, uh, you know, whenever you talk to a fisherman, they've always got a story to tell, right? They've always got to tell you about the big one they caught. But not today, they said. They haven't caught anything today. But they'll always tell you about that big one or the time that they've been fishing all day and nothing has actually been caught. Another time they'll tell you about the day they went fishing and they caught, you know, 10 fish. Fishing is a great example uh, of us as Christians as we look to share the gospel. It's a wonderful analogy. I want you to watch this video before we start. And that's a reality, I think, that we tend to forget as followers of Jesus, our responsibility to share the gospel. You know, it's not up to the pastor or the church leader to share the gospel only. Every follower of Jesus is called to, commanded 
to share the good news of Jesus. There are people literally waiting to hear of this good news of Jesus, and we have that good news to share. And I love how um, my friend Chris talks about if, you're, if you, if you want to fish, if you want to catch a fish, you have to actively go out and intentionally fish. You know, there's no magic thing about fishing. You have to prepare, you have to get ready, you have to understand all the different dynamics that go with fishing. All right? And there has to be preparation. In our case, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, our preparation starts, our foundation starts with prayer. You know, my dad would always tell me as a young boy, you'll always find time for the things you love doing. Think about that. What do you love doing? What's some of the passionate things that you love doing? You'll always find time for it. And yet, as followers of Jesus, when it comes to evangelism, when it comes to telling others about Jesus, we tend to kind of like uh, really struggle. It's not because we don't want to tell people about Jesus. I think it's many times the reason is because we don't know how or what to say. And so evangelism and discipleship is the same coin. It's two sides of the same coin. When you evangelize or when you tell people about Jesus, the good news, you also have the responsibility, as I do and you do as followers of Jesus, to disciple and care and nurture and protect those new believers and bring them up in the things of God. So we're going to look at a couple of things today. We're going to watch a few videos. But the goal is that by the end of this morning's talk, that you will be able to leave this facility, leave this building with a passion and a desire for this week to actively look for opportunities that God has given us to share the good news of Jesus. So Peter said, in your hearts, let me go back, Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, that in your hearts, all right, separate, in your hearts, honor Christ or revere Christ, another version says. Okay, or it says, in your hearts, honor Christ as Lord, as holy. Christ the Lord is holy. Always be prepared to give an answer. Here's a, it's an interesting encouragement from Peter. He's saying, revere or honor God, Christ, all right, in your hearts, all right, that's the important principle. We need to live a holy life. And then he says, always be prepared to give an answer. Prepared for what? The scripture says, to make a defense. In other words, to, able, to be able to tell others, people, what you believe and why you believe. Always be prepared to make a defense. Or another version actually says to give an answer. So if somebody asks you about Jesus, are you and I prepared to give them an answer? For what? For the reason or for a reason for the hope that is in you. What Christ has done in our lives. And then he finishes off by saying, but do this with gentleness and respect. Let's review a few questions we need to ask. How can you and I be an effective witness how can we tell people about Jesus? What are the tools that God has given us and equipped us with 
for you and I to share to, with people about Jesus? Well, there's a couple of things. I'm going to ask you this question. And you should answer this in your own heart right now. and Listen to these questions and what God is asking you. Do you have faith in the power and the sovereignty of God? Do you believe that lives can be radically transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ? Do you believe that God is sovereign? That God is in control of all things? Another question, do you believe that the Holy Spirit will guide us? You know, as we think about God's sovereignty, understand this. I love the story in Acts. Remember in Acts where uh, we have the opportunity where uh, we have the Ethiopian, the eunuch, and we have the story of uh, how he comes to Christ. He's reading through the scriptures in Isaiah, and Stephen comes along. <laughs> Not because he just was wandering through the desert leaving Jerusalem, but because he was guided and led by the Holy Spirit. It actually says in Scripture, you read this story, that the, the Lord spoke to Stephen. Why? Because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The question is, do you believe that the Holy Spirit will guide you? In other words, I look at this question and I think, you know what, friends? The reality is, people are waiting to hear about Jesus. God's already at work in their life. God's already working in their life, and we need to be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So do you believe that the Holy Spirit will guide? Do you believe the Word of God is living and powerful? Do you believe this, that the Word of God will actually has the power to transform lives? Do you believe that the gospel, the good news, is the power of God to salvation? Friends, if you can answer these questions and say, yes, you know what? Then you can be an effective witness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 talks about being an ambassador for God. Being Christ-like in our words and deeds, in our actions. You know what an ambassador is? Is simply someone who represents. I had the opportunity when I was in Cambodia one time to be at uh, the Australian ambassador's home. And uh, it's, it's quite an amazing experience. Because he stands up, we had a dinner right there. He stands up and he speaks on behalf of all the Australians. And he speaks it with so much eloquence and passion. You know, you sit there and you're amazed at this diplomat and you think about what his role is in representing Australia so well. You just feel so good to be an Australian in that very moment. And God has called us to be his ambassadors. We are representing Christ in a world that is searching for hope. We are God's ambassadors. Friends, here are some things that we need to keep in mind, all right, as we go through this this morning. Number one, your own life, okay, your life, my life is a great part of our witness. It's a super important concept to understand. You see, people will read us. People will read you. Do you understand this concept? I, it got to me when I heard it the other day. Sometimes the only Bible people will ever read is your life. 
They may never pick up a Bible, but they can pick up on what you say. They can pick up on your actions. goes back to that principle of being God's ambassadors. You see, your own life is a great part of your witness. Number two, really important as we look, about, look at this principle of being an effective witness, all right, earn the right to be heard by sincerely listening to others. Do you know, I find this concept very personal for me. Because I'm not sure about you, but I'm that type of person who just can't wait to get a word in. You know, I'm not sure about you. You're sitting there and you're listening to someone talk and you think, man, I just can't wait to get in there and say something. But, you know, as we look at what we're, how we're made and how God created us, we're built and made for relationships. There are people out there who have stories. You know, there are people out there with what I call felt needs. People are struggling. You know, I'm sometimes a guy who's always in a hurry. Recently, <laughs> I was at a, I think it was a Coles or Woolies, and I had to, I had to go somewhere. I was just by myself, all right? I needed to get a few supplies, and I was by myself. And there was this one girl, I'll never forget. She grabs my items. I had like six items, and she's grabbing each item, right? And she grabs it to scan it, and she's like, it down the next item Beep. and I'm thinking come on lady it's only six seven items and I said and I said to the girl I said I'm sorry but I'm not sure you I'm not sure what's going on but I need to go well anyway in that moment she just breaks down and starts to cry and I feel so bad and so the girl that's standing behind us, she turns around and she, said, she talks to the girl. I'll never forget, her name was Michelle. And Michelle, and she leads it to the front desk. And now I'm left, everyone's looking at me like I'd done something to this girl. And sure enough, the, the lady that helped her said, I'm so sorry. But Michelle's mom just passed away with cancer. I felt so bad. And then after we dealt with all the things that we had to deal with, I went over and I said, Michelle, can I speak to you? I said, I'm so sorry. But you know what, Michelle, my mum just died of cancer. So I don't know what you're feeling, but I feel somewhat the same. It's so hard. And we got talking. And as I listened to her story for those few minutes... I was able to now have the right to speak. You see, friends, here's a very important principle when it comes to witnessing. We need to earn the right. Earn the right to be heard. If I want to say something in that context, I need to be listening. Another principle that we can look at is simply you aren't presenting a formula. <laughs> You know, it's not a mathematical equation. You're presenting Jesus Christ, God's Son. We're telling people about Jesus. We're not telling people about church. We're not telling people about Christianity. We're telling people about Jesus. 
God's son, God's only son. And then remember, friends, that we always need to stress the love of God. Never start a conversation with someone saying, well, that's happened to you because you're a sinner. Or never say to people, well, you deserve that. You know, as we earn the right to be heard by listening to others, I always begin with the love of God. But you know, God created you. God made you. You know, you were created with a plan for, for a plan and a purpose. God's never abandoned you. Stress the love of God. He loves people. And then keep it simple. Always keep it simple. The message of the gospel is a simple message. You know, it is a simple message that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for our sins, that he bled on that cross to cleanse us from our sins and that he rose again so we can have life, eternal life. God did that for us to know that he has a plan and purpose for our life. So keep it simple. So these are some things that we need to keep in mind. I want us to also just look at some very basic principles again when it comes to praying for opportunities to share the gospel. You see, have you ever prayed to God for open doors? Open doors, that God will open a door to share this message of Christ? Look what it says in Colossians uh, chapter 4. It's a very wonderful reminder of what Paul writes to the church, and he actually tells them, how we are to pray for opportunities, praying for opportunities. Look what it says. Colossians chapter 4, we'll actually start from verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer. So, you know, be consistent with your prayer, being watchful and being thankful. And then he says in verse 3, And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message, all right, the message of the cross, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. It goes back to the same principle of 1 Peter chapter 3. Always be prepared to give an answer for the reason of the hope that is in you. But do this with gentleness and respect. Pray for open doors. Friends, pray for opportunities. I was in Tasmania. I've been there for the last three weeks. I just got back last night working there as we prepare for a major event in Launceston and Hobart. And was one particular night on Sunday night, last Sunday night, I had just finished speaking at a church, and one thing about Hobart is that they go to bed really early, so after seven o'clock at night, no one's in the streets of Hobart, which is really weird, and so you're walking down the streets of Hobart, and I'm talking to my 17-year-old daughter, and we're just talking about life stuff, you know, there's a father and daughter, I try to call her every single day, and just talk about her day. And unpackage her day and how it's going, HSC, all that stuff. And it was a bit emotional for me talking to her. And so I sat at a bus stop, right? 
I sat at a bus stop right there on Elizabeth Street. It's opposite this massive clock tower, which is the post office in Hobart. And it's a, Elizabeth Street is all the different buses that go to different places across Hobart. And I'm sitting there. I've got my AirPods on. I'm talking to my daughter. And I'm getting a little bit emotional just for some stuff that's happening. And then suddenly this lady sits next to me. And she kind of taps me on the shoulder. And she thought I was talking to myself. And she goes, are you okay? I said, I'm just on the phone with my daughter. Oh, okay. And so I finish up talking to Jalen, my daughter. And I said, I'm so sorry. And she goes, oh, it's okay, it's okay. What are you doing here? I said, I'm just... Uh, I just finished speaking at a church, and now I'm about to go back to my accommodation. And she says, oh, I'm off to Glenorchy, uh, which is another suburb. And I said, are oh, you waiting for the bus? And she goes, yes, I'm waiting for the bus. So we start chatting. One bus comes by. The second bus comes by. It's now like 9.30 at night. That's how long we're talking. And she's telling me all her life story. You know, and she's telling me about her sons who live out in Perth, and she hasn't seen her grandchildren. She tells me she's nearly 80 years old. She's got two big bags with her, and I come to find out that she's homeless. And as we're talking, I said, are you got a place to stay tonight? And she goes, yeah, I, I do, but I need, to go to, I need to go to Woolies. I said, well, where do you want to go to Woolies? She says, Newtown, out in Hobart. It's open till midnight. Well, I don't have a car, but let me arrange a, an Uber. What's an Uber, she says. And we start, and I try to explain it to her. I call the Uber. It arrives. And uh, she goes, I'm not going to get into that car. I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> and I said, what? She goes, you've got to come with me. So I said, all right, we'll go. We'll go together. And so I put up her bags and in the car and I spoke to the driver I said look can we go to this place and then you have to bring me back all right so don't leave me there bring me back so he understands the situation she sits in the back we start talking and she starts telling the driver don't say anything bad because there's a minister in the car she's uh because she had told me how she had gone to the casino right and I told her that's not good and uh and so I I remember getting there and she says I've changed my mind I don't want to go to Woolies well, I, uh, by this time I knew her name, Sue. Where do you want to go? And she goes, I want to go to Marsh Street. That's my accommodation for tonight. So we ended up going, changing it. We ended up in Marsh Street. That's a um, refuge center for homeless people by the Salvation Army. And we get there and unload all the stuff. And she's there and, and she, we get her out. And I press a button. Somebody comes out. And I said, lady, this is uh, Sue. She has accommodation here. She says, oh, yes, we have a room for her. So I put her in, and uh, I said, Sue, before you go, I just want you to know this. God loves you. All right? I may not see you again, but remember that God loves you, that he hasn't abandoned you. With everything going on in your life, with your sons, your grandchildren, life doesn't look like it's good, it's a mess. God hasn't abandoned you. He loves you. And we say goodbye. I get back in the car. You think that's the end of the story? The Uber driver. Arjat from Bangladesh. <laughs> he gets in the car and he starts driving back. He goes, what was that all about? Who does that help somebody, a complete stranger? Because he's listening to our conversation. And I said, Arjat, I said, it's because of what God has done in my life. 
every person that God gives me the opportunity to talk to him about God's love is an opportunity. He says, can I pull over the car? And I said, yeah. Pulls over the car and he says, I've got to tell you a story. <laughs> Last night, I had a dream. I'm from Bangladesh. I had a dream that I was a little boy in Bangladesh and I was playing cricket with a tennis ball. And that's all I had growing up as a kid. But then suddenly, this angel or this light appeared and he introduced himself as God and he said, I want you to take this red hard cricket ball because this is going to be your future. You're going to play cricket in Australia. And this is a dream I had last night. This morning at the Glenorchy Cricket Club, which he plays for, he scored the highest runs in the history of that club, 200 not out. And he says, and now you're telling me about God. I've driven by churches all the time. I don't understand anything about Christianity. But this is something I need to take notice of. So for the next 20, 30 minutes, in his car, in the streets of Cohobart, we talked about God. A guy who has no idea. You really have to start from the basics, creation, to the point of bringing Christ and God's plan for the world. We said goodbye. The next day, I called an Indian pastor who then was able to meet with Arajat, and they met for coffee, and they're continuing to meet. So pray for open doors. Don't walk by without thinking, could this person be the person that God wants me to talk to about Jesus? Pray for open doors, just like Paul prayed for open doors. Lord, open a door. Open a door. Pray this every day. God, open a door for me to share the gospel or at least plant a seed in someone's heart. Who knows? After seven or eight times, who knows? That person may hear about Jesus the seventh or eighth or ninth time, but you be that first one. Plant a seed and let God let God do what he does. Remember the principle of sovereignty, God's sovereignty. God's already at work in your life and in the person's life. Lord, open a door. Lord, open their heart. May they hear the good news of Jesus. We pray for Sue. I pray for Arajat. I pray, God, that you will open their hearts and that they will see that you love them, that you have a plan and purpose for their life. And it starts with Jesus. Jesus on the cross. Lord, open their heart. And God, open my mouth. May I be bold in declaring your love in me that you have for me. May I be bold in declaring that love to other people. Pray for open doors to share the message of Christ. Friends, as we do this, oops. I want you to watch this video about my friend Mark. Mark went, is a great guy in Canada. I went to film this with him or hear about this story. And he's got it in, here on video. And I think as we wrap up, I think it'll be great for us to hear how God opens doors. I might have to press it play. 
to show up and expect God to use us. I think that's what should be on our minds when we're out there ministering or sharing the hope of Jesus. Just be present, listening to others, because you earn the right to speak into that person's life when you listen. And so, friends, what does all this mean? Here's a key principle we want to take away. Real listening, okay, builds a bridge of friendship that may lead to natural, just God-given opportunities to share the gospel. Building bridges, you know, building relationships. And so we need to win their confidence by sharing genuine interests. You know, that's one of the things I, I, I truly struggle with. Sometimes I'm just not interested in what these people or people I come across talk about or, or share about. But you know what? Make the time. <laughs> I should make the time to be interested in what they like doing. Let them share their concerns, opinions and hurts without sharing or being judgmental. You know, that's one thing I've learned with my daughter being nearly 18. She has friends that perhaps I'm not necessarily too keen on her being friends with. But, you know, when they come to my house, um, I invite them, they're welcome to come in. And then you get the chance to listen to what their hurts and struggles are, you know, without any judgment. Because many times we're good at judging because we've set really high standards for ourselves. And yet we forget these people don't even know Jesus. We want them to be Christians before they come to faith in Christ. Do not feel compelled to always do the talking. <laughs> Can't stress this enough. Be listening. Listening to their felt needs. You know, when we... This, uh, this is a great, great little video, okay, because it goes after these principles of listening and being present with people. Let's listen to this video.
the fullness of life. It really is through relationship that we see the greatest fruit of the kingdom. We have to earn the right to be heard by listening to others. When we listen to their story and earn the right to be heard, then we find that common ground. We can then paint a picture over time that there is a better way. So friends, as we finish, looking at what it means to be an effective witness of Jesus, looking at what it means to be an effective storyteller of the cross of Jesus, of God's love, then here's one way that we can walk away with an application for today. How can we do this? How can we be, uh, how can we be earning the right to listen, <laughs> to be heard, when we listen to others? So this is a very basic concept. Um, it's used in many different ministries, but it's so important and so good to understand. Number one, understand that people have a story. Everyone has a story. And everybody wants to tell their story. Everybody wants to share something about their life. And so we need to listen to their story. And as I mentioned before, be able to connect with their felt needs, like this girl, Michelle. You know, after that incident at Woolies or Coles, I was able to listen to her story. And I was able to kind of identify with her struggles by listening. Then I was able to pray with her at the end. What need is that person feeling? Are they lonely? Is someone in struggling with health issues in their family? Is it a single mum or is it a dad that found out that something's happened with his daughter or son? What difference can, can Jesus make with that need? So as you're listening to that person's story, be praying to the Holy Spirit. How can I bring Jesus into this? How can I introduce the difference that Jesus can make in that person's life? So listening to their story. And then understand your story. You know, friends, I want to encourage you, if you haven't done so already with your Christian friends, to share your testimony, your story with them. Tell them how you came to Christ. Who was instrumental in leading you to Jesus? Was it at a church event? Was it at a camp? Was it over coffee? Was it at a sports field? Being able to share your story and articulate the gospel. You know, I would encourage you to maybe write out your testimony. Write out your story on a, on a paper, on, on a book format, with three or four pages. And then find someone in your church and read it out to them. Know your story. It actually is a powerful tool when it comes to telling people about Jesus. It's a powerful tool. And never forget, friends, to bring God's story or his story into it. God's story, the presenting and the proclamation of Jesus Christ. They need to hear the good news of Jesus. So, friends, as we look at what it means to be an effective witness, 
what it means to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. Understand this, friends, that you and I, we have this amazing opportunity to be light, as Matthew chapter 5 talks about, and to be salt. The world is desperately looking for hope. The world is desperately looking for answers. And as Christians, now more than ever, we have the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you here at Grace Church to live that grace by sharing and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. So friends, you need to ask this question. If you're going to do this, understand that God has called us not only to evangelize, but also to disciple, or in other words, to follow up. We don't have time to go through this today. Maybe Jay will have to invite me again. But the whole concept of follow-up. You see, we talked about evangelism or doing the ministry of witnessing, okay, sharing the good news. It's one coin with two sides. It's the telling, but it's also the follow-up, the care, the nurture, the feeding, the protection, the equipping, all that comes when we as followers of Jesus live our life in such a way that we point people to Christ. So I want to pray for you now. And friends, I trust that even today, with some of the things that God has spoken to you and has spoken to me this morning, that we would look up, look up to God Go back to that principle from Colossians chapter 4 where Paul asks his friends, his believer friends to pray for open doors. Pray. Pray for an open door. I told you the story of Sue and Arajat, right? What I didn't tell you was what happened on Friday night in Hobart. So... I've been living literally in Tasmania for, for many weeks now, preparing for this event. And after a few chats with my wife, I thought it would be good for my family to join me for three days. So they arrived on, on uh, Thursday. We stayed there all day Thursday, Friday, and all day yesterday. We've jam-packed three days of amazing things and experiences with the family. And it was uh, Friday night, and I said to the girls, who wants ice cream? Yep, but let's go to Coles and get like Magnums or the pack of four. So I walk into Coles. Oh, I get out of my car, and as I was about to go into Coles, who's sitting right there? Sue. Sue is sitting outside of Coles. And I said, Sue, what are you doing here? Well, um, she, she goes in a story. I don't want to tell you over the internet because it's going to go through YouTube but she starts telling a few things that's happened very sad so I said Sue remember I told you about my daughter that I was talking on the phone yeah yeah she's here with me let me bring her out so I brought out Jalen and then my wife comes out and my youngest daughter at Maurice and we all come out and we're we're sitting with Sue on this bench outside of Woolies or Coles and and I said hun this is Sue Jalen, this is Sue, the lady I was telling you about. Oh, Sue. And then my wife says, Sue, we've been praying for you. 
Oh, she goes, thank you very much. And she goes, what are you doing here? Long story short, uh, she needed to find another place to stay. So in that time, as I make a few phone calls, it's probably about 10 o'clock at night, I made a few phone calls and we arranged a place for her to stay, right? But during that time, my wife is talking to her. And at the very end of that conversation, we hear how Sue has been struggling with anger and disappointments in life. Long story short, this weekend, Sue, right now, while we're in church, she's at church, and Christians are caring for her. The principle of follow-up is not when people come to faith and then we follow up. The principle of follow-up is those people who haven't come to Christ, we still care for them, we still love them, we still nurture for them. We still look at loving them the way Christ loves us. And I really do believe that Sue, like Arajat, like other people, will come to Christ because the principle of follow-up is not with me, it's not my responsibility for them to come to Christ, but it's everyone's. And there's someone else who's going to come along. Someone else will tell them, about Jesus and continue that story. So friends, let me encourage you as you go out into your world this week, as you encounter school, university, family, friends, work, whatever it may be, look for open doors and pray that God will open your mouth as we pray for open hearts. Lord God, we thank you so much for today. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for these principles, these reminders God, that we have been given a responsibility to be light, to be effective in our witness, not because of our own strength, not because we have the power to save God, but because you have called us as your ambassadors to proclaim Jesus to a world that's desperately looking for hope and answers. God, I thank you for this church. We pray, Father, that you'll continue to bless the mission and the purpose of why you have called the believers of grace to gather in your name. And so, Father, as we go about our business and our activities, may you truly remind us throughout this week, through the power of your Holy Spirit, that we've been called to be effective and proclaimers of this good news of Jesus Christ. And we ask all these things in the strong and powerful and gentle name of Jesus. Amen.